Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to the introductory episode of Middle Earth Musings. My name is Larry D. Curtis, because there are a lot of Larry Curtises in the world, so you get a D. But I don't want to be confused with the Larry Curtis lawyer in Louisiana, or the housing manager in Massachusetts, or the Long Beach educator and conductor, or the Idaho Falls doctor, or the emeritus professor wouldn't mind being confused with the cinematographer who made some movies in the early 2000s. There's also an author, Larry Curtis, with the book Salon Success in 52 Weeks. There is a guitar player on SoundCloud, an Oklahoma candidate for District 33, although I don't think he won because I didn't see him listed as a lawmaker. There's a retired naval officer, a Kentucky inmate, a guy who sells minerals on eBay, and there are many, many dead people named Larry Curtis. Eventually, I will join them just as Denethor will join his fathers. I'll join the Larry Curtises. But I am, in fact, the guy, if you Google Larry D. Curtis, who was listed as a unit director for Ringers, Lord of the Fans, for 2005. And so here we are, ready to talk Tolkien. Let's start with a quote. This is from, I believe, now I didn't look it up in my copy, now I feel ashamed. I believe this is from the Silmarillion. Tolkien wrote, for us, it is required a blind trust, a hope without assurance, knowing not what lies before us in a little while. This is often quoted of one as one of Tolkien's inspirational quotes, but it's totally taken out of context. This is from the Numenorians, uh, a bunch of men, humans, I should say, men and women, who lived on the island Numenor, and they were angry and complaining in this quote to the Valar. Uh, and so I've taken it out of context, too, because, dear reader, I'm asking you to give me some blind trust and a hope without assurance of what we could hear on this podcast and experience together. Uh, come on me with this audio journey is really what I'm asking, and I promise that I will deliver some choice sound about many things associated with J.R.R. Tolkien. I can make that promise because it's already happened. I already have some really good interviews in the can. I want to be transparent about who I am and what I am, who I'm not and what I'm not. So hopefully, listener, you'll, you'll join me and not lose faith. I am not a qualified Tolkien scholar, although there's many casual readers or casual TV viewers who value my opinion or my viewpoints or my knowledge. I am not a Tolkien linguist. But I do know someone who worked on the Hobbit films and who was employed to offer pronunciation for the Rings of Power season one. And now that I said that out loud, I actually know two people who were employed to do that on the Hobbit. One of them lives in Utah. I don't think she does that anymore in any way. I am not a Tolkien filmmaker. Well, kind of not. Uh, I did spend nearly six weeks on the set of The Hobbit by invitation of Peter Jackson. And I also worked as an intern on the really high-level 
behind-the-scenes content for The Hobbit discs. If you haven't watched, that behind-the-scenes stuff is great. No matter what you think of the movies, and maybe you love them or maybe you hate them, but that behind-the-scenes stuff is great. They were made by the super-talented Michael Pellerin, who, is, as I say his name, should definitely be a guest on this podcast. He made the DVD appendices for Lord of the Rings films, as many people know and love. Uh, and in my opinion, it's the best behind-the-scenes stuff on any disc ever. Um, there is an alien quadrology who might, you know, compete with it, but it's in the handful of best extra content ever on any DVD. And the way Hollywood is now, they don't do that and invest in that because people don't buy physical discs as much. So that content will probably never be equaled. Uh, my name, Larry D. Curtis, is in the fan credits for the Fellowship of the Ring extended version where they list all the fan names. Don't bother looking. It's really long and tedious. So those are the things I'm not. But what I am is a Tolkien journalist who has talked and interviewed, had conversations with, but also interviewed a deep and wide bench of people who are associated with Tolkien scholarship, films, and music, language, and books. But above all else, really far and away, I have talked in depth with Tolkien fans around the world, and I have a pretty good understanding of who they are. And I'm one. I hosted the Tolkien track of programming at DragonCon in Atlanta until the organization there in a very short-sighted step, dissolved the Tolkien track and absorbed it into the fantasy literature track. Uh, I haven't been to DragonCon since. I went every year for a long time. And I, I know a lot of lovely people in Atlanta from my 15 years of partially running the track, but also just being there and, as a speaker and other things. Uh, we did one time hold a Middle Earth 80 themes dance party. DragonCon is a cosplay mecca, uh, and our party was epic and amazing. There is video footage. Perhaps we'll find a way to get that on the podcast at some time, at some point. Um, we did a 70s party, too. But anyway, I also attended the San Diego Comic-Con every year from 2000 to about 2016, I think, either speaking or working at the show. Uh, I did pay my own way in 2000. I speak every year at my own city's Fanex, sometimes twice a year. Uh, which it's a fun convention with a strong Tolkien programming. And when we put it together, it's also a great way to network and meet possible Tolkien guests for this podcast. Not my plan, but that's the end result. And that's already happened too, uh, as when we did a season wrap up of Rings of Power. My plan really as in this podcast in the broader sense is not to talk about myself in the story of what I hope is a long running podcast. Uh, it's inevitable though, that my opinions will come up here and there and, my also my own perceptions and experiences because they flavor those opinions and flavor my knowledge as well. I think it is wise to be transparent about who I am, which is who I am is very Tolkien related. So the, the Tolkien things I have done, the sort of credentials I have uh, besides the things is that I've mentioned is presenting topics about Tolkien film and book in Europe and New Zealand and around the U.S. at different events. I also organized the Lord of the Rings line parties in Utah for Fellowship of the Ring. And then um, with its success, helped organize subsequent parties for the two towers around the U.S. and maybe international, I can't remember. But by the time that the Return of the King rolled around, they were definitely international line parties. Uh, we sent swag to line parties all over the world, 10,000 people. I also wrote a whole lot of content for the Wondering.net and did volunteer work, all volunteer all the time for that website uh, in various functions, which took me various places. I am now officially an emeritus senior staff member of that website, and we will talk about that no more. 
I do have a lifelong passion for Tolkien. Uh, it was sparked when somebody gave me a copy of The Hobbit, perhaps my grandmother, but I think maybe my mother, I don't know, while I was on a long vacation of, of like 24 to 30 hours isn't that long, but it is an awfully long time when you're in a car driving from Salt Lake City to Springfield, Missouri. So I positively devoured The Hobbit and then had nothing to do once I got to Springfield, Missouri, except talk to old people. So I continued to devour it. And then The Lord of the Rings after, although I was pretty slow to accept Frodo and I was pretty distressed that Bilbo wasn't the main protagonist, if I'm being honest. Really turns out Sam is the hero of the novel, of course. But I was always a reader. It was always part of how I viewed myself and how others viewed me. Uh, I was an advanced reader as a kid. I read some content that was mature in every sense of the word. For for example, in first grade, when you can get a free book, I chose Bram Stoker's Dracula, much against the advice of my teacher. <laughs> and, uh, and I just read all kinds of things, definitely including probably Tolkien before the recommended reading age. But uh, I also read Daredevil comics. And probably because of Tolkien, I loved a lot of other fantasy and I always loved, loved, loved film. And I was uh, grandly excited when Tim Burton, a Tim Burton Batman movie was announced. And I organized a party to go see that, you know, with 30 or 40 friends. I was a journalist in high school, high school newspaper. And then again in college. And I was put in charge of the college newspaper about a month after I enrolled in class. And then I worked at newspapers for like 15 years. And then one day I didn't. So then I traveled to New Zealand with some proposals for the film production that was working on The Hobbit and drove around the country, uh, meeting like people and seeing life's life changing sights. And eventually I was invited to meet with Peter Jackson. And then when I did, I was invited by Pete to come back to New Zealand and spend some serious time observing him and the whole production and reporting from the set. That experience completely blew my mind and changed my perception of movies, I, I had previously thought they were a mysterious thing other people did. And I returned from that experience and went to film production school at Salt Lake Community College. I still have kind of terrible anxiety about editing film and movies. And then I recently learned that I have the, the same anxiety applies to editing sound for podcasts. And I don't know why, but it is a massive mental block. So I can either, uh, I cannot explain, I can neither explain it. Um, but I have to fight it. I do now aspire to make films. In fact, I do make them. I write them and I have written them and I've filmed a few shorts and I belong to a creative collective called the 388 Collective, where I'm part of a group of friends, but also talented and dedicated filmmakers who um, are trying to make it in the film world collectively and individually. But thanks to Peter Jackson and his invite, uh, it was on the Hobbit set that I realized that Film isn't something done by some mysterious other people, but it's done by people who are a lot like me. So um, this last year, the 388 Collective shot two features, and I helped on both films in various ways. And I think my associates there would say that I'm a asset to the group. I sure hope they would. 388collective.com if you want to see it with your own eyes. But that brings us to here. I now work for KSL TV. I lead the digital crew for KSLTV.com, not to be confused with the classified ads website, KSL.com, uh, but the one that's associated, the website that's associated with TV news. Part of the charm of this current job, which I'm fortunate to have and enjoy very much, is that I rub shoulders with the people who do radio at KSL Radio. 
all day long. And then the podcast folks as well, who are best known for the podcast Cold, uh, which took the world by storm, seemingly. And then Cold Season 2 just won like some award for like best podcast in the universe or something like that. But they also host a, a variety of other excellent shows. And so I was pretty honored to be able to pitch my idea and then pursue my geek interest podcast here. I also have a son named Strider. I have two other amazing sons who called him Strider to their mom's belly when he was in there. And so when she uh, finally gave birth, he had been named Strider by his brothers. Maybe I'll have him on the podcast sometime to explain how it is to be named Strider. Uh, I actually, well, it's hard not to diverge, but I, I think that's a great name for a kid. Lots of good um, positive uh, outcomes from that. Teachable moments, you know. I have interviews, I should say in my personal archives with Pete and also with Ian McKellen. I thought Evangeline Lilly was terribly interesting. And really, I virtually, I talked to virtually every actor and many, many people on the production side of The Hobbit films. Um, and I have all that sound, which has never really been heard and needs to be taken out and played, um, including many of the actors who played the dwarves in those films. And um, I think they're warm acquaintances, maybe friends. I don't know how they would term it, but... We're friendly anyway, so those interviews may be renewed. We may catch up with new things. But I have very lofty aspirations for my guest list here. If there's a Tolkien person of significance that you can think of, I probably want them to be on this podcast. Uh, in fact, if you <laughs> rushes Getty Lee, bassist, w would definitely be one of those. He, he did interview with our film ringers, Lord of the Fans, but a lot of the film was done in California and I wasn't a big part of much of the film. So they did interview Getty, who was gracious and licensed music and, and was really great. So maybe I have a connection, but if any of you happen to know Getty's like management, that'd be cool. But there's no person associated with Tolkien who doesn't belong on this podcast. Um, we'll reach high and low as long as they're interesting. Anyway, hopefully we'll we'll make our very lofty aspirations come true. We'll see. If you have made it this far into this introductory episode, thank you. Please treat yourself to a Twinkie as a reward. You can call it a Limbus, or you can call it a Twinkie, or you can eat broccoli or some healthy substitute if you wish. Uh, if you think this podcast so far sounds promising and good, one really great way you could help me is to tell someone about it. Uh, it's free, after all. I feel strongly that word of mouth is the best way to advertise anything. So your personal recommendation is really the great way to promote anything. So um, I'm sure telling the podcast bosses at KSL podcasts would also be great. It'd be cool if they heard that this doesn't suck. So if you or just tell them you plan to listen forever, that would be outstanding. So here at last, dear friends, our podcasting at Middle Earth is done for episode one. Thank you so much if you listened this far. Go in peace, but really remember that you have so much to enjoy and to be and do. And until next time, I am Larry Curtis, and this is Middle Earth Musings. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.